98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset. Brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing. Proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals. 4 o'clock reset. I'm going to start and end today's 4 o'clock reset with news from the Arizona Cardinals. We'll start today with the latest injury report for the team. whole bunch of guys were limited in practice today. Um, coming off of a lot of limited guys yesterday. The guys who did not practice, A.J. Green, no surprise. Ezekiel Turner, not a surprise. J.J. Watt, again, did not practice today. And Rashard Lawrence didn't practice today with a hand injury. Now we know Rashard Lawrence isn't going to play. We're pretty sure A.J. Green's not going to play. Defensive coordinator Vance Joseph, when asked about J.J. Watt, not sweating that Watt wasn't able to practice. I'm not overly concerned. He made it last week off the same injury, so we'll see. Um, he's, he's obviously working hard to be ready to go and um, we'll see. Rondale Moore was one of the players who was limited today. He kept his answers short and sweet about whether he was going to make his 2022 Cardinals debut. You feel ready to go on Sunday? Solid. Good. You feel like this could be good. Solid. Good. I'm good. I couldn't hear what he said. <laughs> I didn't like, like I wouldn't have been able to guess at the words. I, just, I didn't understand I, it. They were very quick. Solid. I'm good. good. I'm good. Yeah. Yes. So Leave we'll, me alone. We'll see if Rondell Moore plays yeah. this weekend. We'll see. This is day by day. He's day by day. You're not going to go there, are you? I'm just saying, it's the new Bill Belichick thing. Yeah. It's the new one to Cincinnati. Yeah. Day by day. As long as you're not going to play the song. I mean, you want to quote Bill Belichick, the man, that's fine. It's a, so. Big Lee Murata played the song. I, I, I know, and I, you know? I'm still holding it against him for playing that wow. song. For putting it in your mind, too. Wow. On the Panthers side. I've had side that of, song in my head all day. I know you have. On the Panthers side of things, and thank you for putting it in mind. On the Panthers side of things, running back Christian McCaffrey, out of practice for the second straight day. Quad. As he deals with a quad injury. Good. So let him, let him not play. Still some Optimism that he could play on Sunday, according to Ian Rappaport. Optimism that he can play. Yeah, I, if he's limited, that's great. He killed the Cardinals last year. And everybody talks about the running game, but 10 catches last year, 10 catches. They couldn't cover him out of the backfield. Major problem for the Cardinals was covering him out of the backfield. Of course, the Cardinals released Deontay Thompson earlier in the week. Today, they re-signed safety Chris Banjo, signing him to the Cardinals practice squad. Nine-year veteran. He appeared in 16 games for Arizona great special last teams year. player. Yeah, a real good special real teams good player. Special teams yeah, player. he's been with the Cardinals for the last couple of years. He's yeah. back. Crossing over to the Suns, it was assumed that the Cam Johnson would be stepping in and starting this year. Today, Monty Williams finally mentioned Cam as a starter. There's an opportunity for us to grow, for sure. Just putting Cam in the starting lineup has created a different level of opportunity. Okay, it's a confirmation sure. there. And that's exactly why Jake, Jay Crowder's situation is where it is right now. Cam Johnson is starting, and he'll be finishing games, and uh, Jay obviously wasn't good with that. So Jay wants out. And we might talk about this a little later in the show. Chris Paul spoke today on the idea of him creating and initiating the offense a little bit less this season. Sorry about it. Uh, it's something we've been talking about actually for a couple of years. But the only way you get better at something like that is actually incorporating Kel and bringing it up. But you know, obviously it's going to be situations I, I still play point guard. Sounds like he might do it a little less. What? Yeah. Initial, well, we saw it last year during the postseason. Well, with Alvarez, when Alvarez was all over Alvarado. him. Alvarado. Alvarado, Alvarez. When Alvarado in New Orleans was all over him, I mean, it really was hard for Chris to get the Suns into their offense. Yep. And then the Mavs decided, hey, you know what? We'll take a piece out of that. And we'll, the Mavs started to do it, too. Now, it's 
easier to do it in a seven-game series, a six-game series, than it is during the regular season. But the Suns need to prepare for that during the regular season. Yeah. We haven't mentioned it yet. We need to mention it now. And the payoff. There goes the deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Number 61. He ties Roger Maris for the American League single season record. I think one of the uh, Mar- I think Roger Maris's was his son, son was Roger at Maris the game Jr. sitting yeah. next to Aaron Judge's mom. What a great season! Should be the winner for the MVP award. I know what Shohei Atani's done, but Shohei Atani plays for a team where their games don't matter. That game was a three-three game when Aaron Judge hit that or home run. His games matter. I discount what Bonds and McGuire and Sosa did. So to me personally, I just think that if he hits one more, then you know, in my mind, and I know it doesn't count in a record. Book, but in my mind, he would be the all-time uh, single-season home run That's king. That's exactly what Roger Maris Jr. said last night after the game. Well, as agree. soon as he hits one more, he thinks he is the record holder, and I think a lot of people feel exactly the same way. And then Thursday night football tonight, and it's a real good game, at least if the Bengals can play up to what they were last year. The undefeated Dolphins taking on the 1-2 and two Cincinnati Bengals. Tua Tungavailoa listed as questionable ahead of the game. He is active. The expectation is that he'll play tonight on Thursday Coming night. off of that great win against Buffalo last week. That's on Cincinnati loses this one. Oh yeah, Cincinnati that's loses a, this one. That's a that's in that conference right. in the AFC. Tall mountain to climb. Our top story of the day though. Who said it? LaShawn Shady McCoy said it. You know how we talk about Kyler Murray? It's like he's streaming. Should he be studying doing that? That's who Aiden is. He's trash. Aiden, no, but Aiden played his role. You like Aiden? No, I'm saying, I'm saying, you just example, and I'm saying that the player you use is trash. Kyler Murray, trash. Wow, I'm overhyped, overrated. He put like a he put like high school player. Runs around. I think, I think he's overhyped. Runs backwards. He does a circle, the ballerina circle, then goes left, goes right, turns all the way around again, then looks for a wide receiver. He's trash. That's not a play quarterback. So LaShawn McCoy on the I Am Athlete podcast. They were having a conversation about DeAndre Ayton. And and he was on it with Brandon Marshall and um and somebody else. And they the, the conversation quickly, as you heard there in the sound bites, spun to Kyler Murray. Yeah. LaShawn McCoy's very toxic, harsh harsh take on Kyler Murray. Listen, I think we all understand the point that, I mean, listen, there's definitely some validity to it. I mean, if you take the, if you take the harshness out of it, which was very extreme, he went very extreme on Kyler's trash. Kyler's an extremely talented player. He does some things extremely well, but he does struggle. He does struggle to play in a structure for an offense. He struggles to understand the position of quarterback. He doesn't really see the big picture. It's like only after the snap does things start to come into focus for him, but he definitely doesn't really understand what he's seeing pre-snap. So I I, I get that LaShawn McCoy has a point. And again, I'll, I will say this. There's some validity to what he is saying. Uh, but what's what's hard to what's hard about it is it's just the, the, how harsh it was by calling uh, yeah. him. If he takes out the trash, he's trash. He, and he just explains why Kyler's not good. I think people might be OK. I get that. I understand. But because he came out 
out so strong out of the gates, calling him trash, yeah. it kind of hurts his whole argument, in my well, opinion. But the problem is, if he says it in a calm, rational way, which is the, the criticisms that you point out, nobody's playing his soundbite on a show in Arizona. No. Right? I, I mean, it, because he called well, him he's trying trash. trying to get clicks? Is he trying to get clicks? I don't know. Maybe, he's, maybe he is trying to get clicks. Maybe maybe the, the, the downloads for the I Am Athlete podcast are lagging a little bit. They try. I don't. I don't know, but but it was. Man, I kind of feel like I'm having like a Des Bryant. Hey, man, that's my quarterback kind of moment, you know. And I, I admit, Kyler's not perfect. He's not even close to perfect. But come on, we didn't. We didn't need that. We didn't need that out of Lashawn McCoy. Play we it again. Play we, it again. We didn't need it to this level. You know how we talk about Kyler Murray? It's like he's streaming. Should he be studying? Doing that? That's who Aiden is. He's trash. Aiden, no, but Aiden played his role. You like Aiden? No, I'm saying, I'm saying, you just example, and I'm saying that the player he used is trash. Kyler Murray, trash. Wow, three trash. Over hype, overrated. He put like a he put the guy. Do you think Kyler Murray is trash? Three trash, <laughs> overhyped, overrated. Before he got to a point, you know what I'm saying? Trying to get clickbait. <laughs> trash, 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 overhyped, overrated. Before he even made a point as to why the, I, the, the, the criticism of Kyler. Are valid. They're at, sure. they're at 100% valid. Yeah, don't deny that. But to go that way, it, it just, come on. Do, do we really, do we really need to lay it on that thick? Is it really that bad with Kyler Murray that we need to lay it on that thick? I mean, I appreciate a good, strong take as much as the next guy. But come on. Trash? Three times three? You know, yeah. it's it's much. It's, it's, too, it's too much. Three win Cardinal team had him in the playoffs last year. He's a talented kid. It's just there's so much like look, Kyler's not gonna get great unless he, and not gonna be a great quarterback unless he figures out how to how to read these defenses. Yeah. Because he's just not good at it. When we come back, Monty Williams likes the current state of his basketball team, but you know what he'd like even more than that? Well we'll tell you next on the Burns and Gambo show. <laughs> 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. Bonnie Williams likes where his team is at right now. What he would like as well is for the Jay Crowder situation to be resolved before the end of camp. We've done a, a decent job of acclimating guys into the program, and that's a credit to the coaches, but also the players that help guys along once we get new people in here. So I'm not so worried. I'm not so much worried about the timeline. Ideally, I mean, you'd like to get somebody in here before opening night, but I like the group we have. I mean, Dario can play some uh, four. Tori can play some four. Damian can play some. Uh, Cam's going to have a bigger role. And so from that perspective, I think we'll be okay. I think we'd all agree with him. Ideally, you'd like to get this thing sure. done as soon as you possibly can, right? Yeah. No, of course. I mean, it better for better for Jay Crowder, better for you. You know, because what you want to do is you need to get a player in here. I mean, Jake Jay Crowder is a guy that you were counting on. He was going to play 25 minutes a game off the bench. You know, when, when you drew this whole thing up, you're like, okay, Cam's going to start. Jay will come off the bench. He was going to be one of your most valuable bench guys. Man, he could have been a contender for six man of the year if he played well. Who knows? But not having him now, I don't know if you've got a guy to step up and take that spot. You might have to make a trade and bring a guy in. 
you know, because you lost JaVel McGee. You don't have Frank Kaminsky. I don't think, the, I think the three guys that they brought in, the main three guys that they brought in, free agency, very insignificant. To me, they're very insignificant. Londale and Koji and Lee, I, I don't think that they did very well there in free agency. But you got a chance here to bring in a good player with this trade. A chance to bring in a player that might be able to be one of your sixth, seventh, or eighth guy off the bench. Yeah. There's a chance, but now, you know, but you want that guy here sooner rather than later. Yeah, I mean, can you deal with if he's not here? Yeah, of course. I mean, teams acquire players at the trade deadline. They've only got a couple months to acclimate that guy, and, and it works. It's, it's, we're just talking about the ideal situation, and the ideal situation is that you bring that guy in now so you can really truly use October and November and even into December to kind of experiment with different lineups and different, let's try this and let's try that. That, to me, is what the early part of the NBA season really is. It's kind of almost an experimental phase of as long as you know you're going to be good and you're going to be in the playoffs at the end of the season, take a few games in November and December and try out different lineups, see what works. And of course, we're kind of burying the lead. Not that this is any big surprise, because it's not, but today was the first day that Monty effectively confirmed that Cam Johnson is in the starting lineup. We have changed the rotation. We have changed a few of our personnel pieces uh, or people. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's. I think there's an opportunity for us to grow, for sure. Just putting Cam in the starting lineup has created a different level of, you know, opportunity for everybody else. And I think that's that part's exciting. So we have to see. You know, like, like we all know, the West is a beast. <laughs> the East is. NBA's crazy these days, man. So you, you'll be tested right away. What I get it. I get the focus on Jay. I get the focus on why does Jay want out and what are they going to do to replace Jay. Those are all valid, important questions. I do think we need to spend a moment talking about Cam Johnson in the starting lineup because yeah. I'm I'm very curious slash excited to see Cam Johnson in the starting lineup. He put up really good numbers last year when he got the opportunities to start. No question. And, and his game is blossoming and growing and what those five can do when he's on the floor with with them, I'm very excited to see what kind of doors open with that possibility. Well, one of the things about Jay Crowder is he, that he's 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 much more of a hot and cold three point shooter than than Cam. Cam's more reliable, more consistent. Now, Cam, when he got hurt against the Knicks, when he came back, there was some real struggles after he came back. Yes, he struggled. Okay, came and back he never from that really injury. Got right, he never no, really got right. No, but if you take before like the, that game against the Knicks when he got hurt, he was having the game of his life. Yeah. So I think that they know what he's very that he's very capable of that. And look, here's the thing about Jay. Like, there's a lot to like about Jay, but there's a lot not to like. Man, he could go 0 for 10 from three point range, and he's going to keep shooting the ball. He can go 0 for 10. Um, He's not as, you know, he'll pass. I think Cam Johnson's a better passer. I think Cam's a, a better, you know, he'll be a better three point shooter. I think Jay's better defensively, but I think Cam is really working on his defense and he's gotten a little bit stronger. And I think he'll be okay. I don't think it's going to be a weakness. I don't think it's going to be a strength, but I don't think it'll be a weakness. But you are looking for that other scorer and they may feel that Cam, like not being able to go out and get Kevin Durant or Bogdanovich, you're looking for a little bit more scoring when Book and Chris are on the floor 
And Cam, I think, can give you that more than Jay can. I oh, think yeah. I think Cam will give you that more than Jay. Yeah, and, and, and look, Jay's inconsistencies, you mentioned him a second ago, it, it got to the point where he was maddening. I mean, it was maddening, it was, it was maddening watching him play basketball. And, and for all the things he does well, and for all the reasons the Suns are going to miss him, and they are going to miss him, and I'd rather have him than not, but I'd rather have him coming off the bench than not at all. You know, and I, I, I do think they're going to miss him. But the things that he didn't do well were starting to become real glaring liabilities for them at the times they needed it the most. And I do think Cam Johnson fixes some of that. Not all of it, but some of it. And I think specifically that what you said, the more reliable three-point shot is really works in his favor in a moment where the Suns could use more shooting on the floor at all times. I mean, that to me is just obvious for this team. Yeah, I think that too. But remember the other thing. I mean, he, Cam Johnson, okay, who cuts to the basket more, Jay or Cam? Like, Jay will sit out there, but Cam will cut to the basket. Yes. He gives you a little bit more movement without the ball, which I think will work really well for them, too. Like, he's, you know, he'll move from one side to the other better than Jay will. And you could, you know, you could have some plays drawn up for him with him cutting to the basket. Him and Mikhail are both, you know, they're both cutters. So I think that there's something there that could be it. So I think offensively they're going to be better. I think defensively they're going to take a little bit of a hit. I played the soundbite in the 4 o'clock reset. I want to play it again so we can talk about it for a minute or two. Chris Paul today on initiating the offense a little less this season than he had in the past. Here's what he said. Sorry about it. That's not what we've been talking about actually for a couple of years. But the only way you get better at something like that is actually incorporating it. You know, so like I said, it's been three days. Uh, Kale been bringing it up. Well, you know, obviously it's going to be situations I, I still play point guard. <laughs> you know what I mean? But ways to get off the ball and just, uh, you know, change the things up a little I, I think that you need to listen. You brought this up. You got to work on this stuff now, not when the playoff starts. Right. Okay. Because when the playoff starts and you're playing every other day, there's not a whole heck of a lot of time to go figure something out. Now, usually the, 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 the lesser team makes the adjustments. Look, make no mistake about this. Okay. The Suns lost to the Mavs in that series because they got out coached. Okay. They got out coached. The Mavs made several adjustments. The Suns did nothing. So I think coaching was the, you said, what's the number one reason they lost? Oh, it's Chris Paul. Oh, it's Devin Booker didn't play well. They got out coached. Like they got out coached. So the the Mavs made several several uh, adjustments that really helped their team out. Um, so I think that's a big reason why the Suns lost. But it, to that point. You know, with what Alvarado did, with what Finney Smith did, with what Bullock did, the way they were able to put up, you can't all of a sudden say, hey, we got to figure this out now. They're putting to, no, figure it out now in the regular season. Yeah. Give yourself a bunch of options, work on it, work on it, work on it. Now you get to the playoffs and, and Chris is having a hard time because he's got a thorn in his side that's, that's going to pressure him full court. Well, okay, you know what? We'll, we'll put the ball in somebody else's hand. You don't know who's going to bring the ball up the court. It might be Chris. It might be somebody else. Yeah. So you got to work on that now. I still think Chris Paul is the reason why they lost that series against oh, Dallas. I think it's the, I Not, think it's a, a major reason. I mean, I, I appreciate they did get out coached. They he got out coached. That's undeniable at this point. That Mavs series. But you're going to say one reason why the Suns lost to the Mavs. I'm going to say that one reason was Chris Paul. Yep. That's the one reason I'm going to give you. When we come back, Vance Joseph was asked about Isaiah Simmons' production again. How did he respond again? You'll hear next on the Burns and Gambo Show. <laughs> 
93.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. Thursday afternoon here on Burns and Gambo, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Going to be back after a one-day sick day in which I was not feeling very well at all. It's going to be back. Thanks for holding you down poor the poor baby. You feeling better now? I could have done without the fake you sympathy, but baby. yeah, I'm doing fine. You poor baby. Poor baby. I, we, we were worried about you. you, 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 you we, we wanted you to stay home and rest. That you might be the most condescending thing I've Seriously, ever heard in my you entire poor life. poor baby. You're under weather. And then you follow that up with, actually, we really did miss you. Right? We, we, we like, were, we I didn't think you had to way. pat you on the head like that either. <laughs> Seriously. We do miss you when you're gone. Well, I, that I believe. I mean, we do, it's true. But we do spare miss you me the you poor baby. My God. Well, poor baby was sick. Jeez. You have some orange juice? Yeah. Soup? You, know what? you get some soup? I'm going to. I'm going to. Well, hold on. I'm making a note to myself. Yeah. Rewrite Gambo <laughs> Hall of Fame <laughs> intro speech. <laughs> Putting it on my to-do list. Uh, that thing's going to rewrite after that. Kingsbury oh, bashes on Marco Wilson. Seriously, did, did Kingsbury mm. call Marco mm. Wilson a poor baby? Yeah. Oh, you poor baby. All right, I'll have you. You can give my speech. Uh, yeah, just wait until, you, wait until you hear what I have to say now after that, pal. Oh, okay. Just wait until you hear. Uh, yeah, poor baby. Okay. Uh, let's see if you get in. Maybe my the biggest my... jerk I ever worked with. Couldn't stand that horse's <laughs> ass. entering the Arizona Radio yeah. Hall of Fame, the uh, biggest jerk I ever worked with. My freaking God. Bum. Give it up for John Gambadoro. Working 15 years with him, put 30 years on my life. God, did it ever. My God. Did you guys have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, no clue. I'm so sick of these people. <laughs> you know? Oh! If anybody would have offered me a job anywhere, I would have taken it to get out of there. Honestly, honestly. Uh, as my therapist, one, two, and three can attest, yes. it's been a long 15 years. You heard of Dr. Melfi? <laughs> no, I really hired her. Like the real one. Let's get an update on our Twitter poll question of the day. Gambo and the poor baby here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update. Presented by Sanderson Ford. Are we good? <laughs> Are we, uh, we're we fine. Okay? We're fine. I'm just, like I say, I got stuff to talk to my therapist about. Now, mm. so we're fine. This is good. I don't we have call a therapist. That content, Bernsey. Uh, content. Me, my therapist. Oh, you're a therapist. The, the, the one I need from working with you every day. Yeah. Yes, I that one. It. Yes. I get it. I get it. Uh-huh. Uh, what do you have for us today, Eric? Well, we're talking little Jay Crowder and a little bit of Sons and what you want for them to get in return for Jay Crowder. Now, we have to be realistic here. You can't say, I want to get Giannis Atenecumpo back, but would you prefer to get a guard, forward, center, or that sneaky fourth option picks for a future deal it's a really in good, return. It's a really good question. And, and Eric it's a really good question. qualifier on this one. It's a good one. Assume relatively equal value. You know, assume that relatively the player that's coming in yeah. is roughly equal to the player that's going out right. in Jay Crowder. It is a really good question. It's a, it, it requires a lot of thought. I still think the answer is forward. Okay, we disagree. This is the second time this week we've disagreed. I think guard. I think guard. I, I don't trust Landry Shamit. We don't trust campaign. I, 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 if I could get a guard, it gives me some opportunities here in case there's some failures in those other areas. Uh, agreed. But I also liked your argument about campaign that you've got 
a half a season to kind of try on campaign again. And if you want to address that at the trade deadline, you could. Could. You know, whereas I think forward, I just look at the options of guys who could take Cam Johnson's minutes now that he's a starter. And I'm not in love with those options right now. What's their audience say on this one? Our audience is rolling with forward as well, but less than last time, dropping to 47.2%. In second place, gaining some ground is guard at 30.4%. In third place at 15% is picks for a future deal and center all the way down in last 6.7 percent yeah the good at center i got deandre they got bismack biombo and they got the uh the uh, the other kid i, I don't uh, dismiss so the, londale they'll be fine i don't dismiss the picks option though I, I don't i don't dismiss that no that that's i mean it doesn't help them now i don't think they have enough to replace cam johnson as a starter now on the on the bench but the idea that you're stocking up for the next big trade I, you could make an argument and a but good that one, would I that think. would be more towards you're you're giving up a piece in window number 1 for a piece in window number 2 yes but you can meet in the middle where maybe you're not waiting for the next Kevin Durant, but now you have a couple picks for two, three weeks down the line. Hey, there's a role player who wants to leave. Let's yeah. get him. It's could it's trade deadline. You could use a pick for a trade deadline, sure. Yeah, yeah. you could, right? And still keep the the bulk of your picks for the big kind of window number two move if you wanted to. Yeah, good poll question. Vote on it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. At Burns and Gambo, one word is where it's at. Vance Joseph today, the Cards defensive coordinator, meeting with the media as he does every Thursday, was asked once again about Isaiah. Simmons and whether his young linebacker is embracing the role he's had the past couple of weeks. He is, man. He is. He has played really well the last two games, and he's practicing that way. Obviously, you know, each each plan's different, but he is playing good football right now. I'm proud of Isaiah. As people would be quick to point out, he went from 15 snaps in week two to 16 snaps in week three, but his percentage of snaps went up fairly dramatically. He went from playing about 20% of the snaps in week two to about 33% of the snaps in week three mm-hmm. still this can't be where they want him to be snap you know an interesting discussion like i think that you know i think that they what what they may have thought that they were getting in him is not exactly what they're getting in him like his you know he can't cover a cooper cup he can't cover a christian mccaffrey out of the backfield he can't cover uh travis kelsey and i thought i think maybe when they got him out of clemson they thought oh this is the guy that's gonna be able to shut those guys down he could shut down george kittle no he can't like but he's a really good football player and if you let him do some of the like he should be better than Ben Neiman. He should be better than Dennis Gardeck. He should be better than Nick Vigil. Like he should be better than those guys and playing more. I don't know what it is. Like I, I, I wish I could figure that out. And I think if any of us could, we'd all be making a lot more money <laughs> because it's just it's the guy was a top ten pick. He's a freak athlete. Look at the play he made against Hunter Renfro in the Raiders game that helped the Cardinals win the damn game. Yeah. Like if you play him more you'll probably get more of those type of big explosive defensive plays. But like how at what cost? At what cost? At what how cost much on the suffering is there? Yeah. You know, is he does he make a mistake because he's that he doesn't understand where he's supposed to be. He's not lined up right or he does something wrong and it costs you a seventy yard play. I don't know. I, I don't know. Nobody really knows except for the Vance Joseph as to why he's not playing him more. Yeah, this is a giant mystery. I, I mean because we're gonna have Steve Kime on the show tomorrow. I don't want to put words in Steve's mouth because I don't know exactly what he's gonna say. I I know what he said last week. Last week, he had the anticipation that Isaiah Simmons was going to play more snaps. So there's there's some kind of disconnect going on here. There, there's something. I, I, and I get what you're saying about maybe he's not as well-rounded as they thought when they drafted him, but that 
if we get, I said it before, I'll say it again. We get to the end of the year, and Isaiah Simmons is still hovering around one-third or one-quarter or whatever percentage of the snaps on a daily basis. That's a that's a failure. I don't care how good he is at the specific things they're asking him to do. You don't take a player like that number eight overall in the draft. Not when you look at what you could have had. You know, Not when you start playing the what-if game about other guys that were there that you could have added to the roster who are going to play more than 33% of the time. Find the things that he does well and you just gotta you gotta you gotta go with that. Like yeah. you gotta understand it's gonna be you know he's not gonna be the perfect linebacker, right? He's he's not gonna be that guy. So but what does he do well? There are some things he does really well. Let him excel in those areas. Yeah, it just requires a reevaluation of why if that's who he is, they missed on him. They they if if this is all he is, they dramatically missed on a player they thought was going to be an impactful member of their defense. Other stuff from Vance today. J.J. Watt, he hasn't practiced the last couple of days. Vance sounded relatively unconcerned about Watt missing Sunday's game against Carolina. I'm not overly concerned. He made it last week off the same injury, so we'll see. Um, he's, he's obviously working hard to be ready to go, and um, we'll see. He better. I, he better. Yeah, listen, I'm... I'm you know, I said this before the season started. Like, you know, they, 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 you don't want JJ Watt to be an epic failure. And then he goes out there first time he plays and he gets a sack and then he gets another sack. And so good, good for JJ. You know, he's going to give you effort. You know, he's going to give you everything he has, but you also want to see him be productive. Listen, they've got two sacks on the season. He's got both of them. Without him, they got no sacks. So, like, no sacks. Math on the fly right there from John Gambadaro, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, Vance can say all day long, they're getting rid of the ball quickly. And they do. Quarterbacks get rid of the ball very, very quickly. Unless you're Kyler Mark. They get rid of the ball very, very quickly. So, I, like, you, there's not a lot of time to get sacks. But when, when, you know, when, when guys are covered, quarterbacks will hold on to the ball longer trying to wait for somebody to get open. That's when you got to get them. All right. One more real quick from Vance Joseph. This is on Christian McCaffrey. He is a special player, you know, watching him on tape and obviously last year's game having 11 catches against us for over 60 yards was obviously uh, not good for us but he's a special player and he's he's still if if he pops I mean, he can make a big play you know uh, a couple years ago he was here he had about 20 yards rushing going to the fourth quarter he popped a 70 yarder you know so he is capable of making big plays in a running pass game alike and that makes him dangerous you know and obviously in the red zone having a plan for him to cover him with with like skill and not put him on big backers is obviously a plan for us. Didn't practice again today. Let's see if he plays on Sunday. He's a question mark. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I mean, he's such a dominant player, and he's had a couple of really good games in a row rushing the football. And like I said, he killed the Cardinals last year with those 10 catches. So if he doesn't play, or if he even if he's limited, that's a big advantage. Because I, I just don't, with Baker Mayfield playing so poorly and not getting DJ more involved in the offense, to me, the only way Carolina wins that game is if they get a big game out of Christian McCaffrey. When we come back, one school recently got their notice of allegations when it came to their recruiting scandal. Did we just witness the model by which ASU is going to get punished for theirs. That's next. Burns and Gambo. 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. 
Some ASU fans have taken note, and probably rightfully so, of the story that came down early this morning, mid this morning. The NCAA today put Air Force's football program on probation for two years and issued other penalties for recruiting violations committed during the COVID-19 dead period. That sounds kind of familiar. The NCAA said the Air Force Academy and four individuals involved in the alleged violations reached an agreement with enforcement staff about penalties. There's another unnamed fifth person who's fighting the allegations. Um, The Falcons were being investigated for hosting high school prospects on campus during dead periods in 2020 and providing them with improper benefits. Hmm. Yes, that sounds sounds familiar. Very, very familiar. Um, Our friends over at DevilsDigest.com have suggested that while it might not be a carbon copy of what ASU could ultimately be punished with, it kind of gives you a good idea of what to expect. Two years of probation, a fine, a reduction of total official visits for the football program for the next couple of years, a prohibition against unofficial visits for the football program over a number of months, a prohibition against recruiting communications in football for a number of weeks, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's more here, but the two years probation, the fine and the reduction in total official visits kind of be kind of are the thrust of it all. And that might be what's coming or something similar to that of what's coming to ASU. And before you chime in on it, I I also want to say, it was also pointed out on Twitter that Air Force, like ASU, got rid of some of the members of the staff that they thought were involved in the violations before the punishments came down. So they were somewhat proactive in making that move, which is something at least similar to what ASU did last summer. Yeah, head coaches and assistants gone, right? That could help, right? Some head coaches and assistants gone. But you see kind of what the punishment could be. And and, and we could read through all of this stuff, recruiting restrictions, reduction of official visits, and the unofficial visits, and the ban on recruiting communications, and all of that stuff. But the bottom line, you look at this, and the main thing is a reduction in the size of the football roster by 10 players for four years. That's 10 less players that you get to have. Now, any coach coming in and taking over ASU, whoever they're going after, Tom Herman or Kenny Dillingham or Deion Z, that guy's going to want to know, what, what am I up against? What am I really up against? And so you, to have, you, you got to have these, the, the restrictions, the violations that, but you kind of want to know, okay, my roster is going to be short by 10 players for four years. Okay. Now, does that ultimately affect your ability to take this job? Probably not. But you do want to know what those are. So if you go through the Falcons and you look at, okay, the fine, you don't care about. Okay, reduction of, of official visits. Well, okay, that's pretty big. Over the next two years, you're going to have a reduction in the amount of people that can come visit. Uh, there's a ban on unofficial visits for a certain period from September, October. Okay, four-week ban on recruiting communications. Okay, four weeks we can't talk. I can live with that. But then you get to the just the, you know, 10 the, the football roster being reduced by 10 over the next four years. That's something that you want to think about because, you know, it, it affects your ability to feel the team, to give out some of those extra scholarships and things like that. Now, you're still, it's not going to be like, okay, I can't offer a guy. You're going to be able to offer plenty of guys, but that does hurt your ability to, you know, give walk-on scholarships and things like that. Yeah, it does. And, and I, I think, I think at this point, 
and I, I don't want to speak for ASU fans because I, I, but I'm assuming this is the case. I think at this point, most ASU fans are probably all of the same mind. Can we just get this over with, right? Like, like, why is Air Force right? Why, why, why do they why have it? Why does Air Force have their something? Yes. Well, why is why? The, why is the investigation complete with them? Because same thing, same tr- same, same punishment. Tr- yeah, truly, there's you can't start to rebuild this thing until you know how broken it is. I totally right? agree. You, I you, totally you agree. You can't start to fix this until you know how busted it is. Right. So let's announce it. Let's go. Rip off the Band-Aid. Tell us. Tell ASU. Let them know what the punishment is so now they can start to decide what are they going to do about this? What are they going to do about this when it comes to Sean Aguano? Are they going to go out and look for a coach? Are there coaches who turn them down because of this? Are there certain guys they can't get? Because the, until you know the punishment, you can't know who you're going to hire after the punishment. You've got to know it. First. So one of the things that I've heard in, in, in making some calls on, on ASU and the coach and stuff like that, they might be in a position to where I, I think they're still going to be able to get a coach, a quality coach. But you might have to give that coach more to come here than, than you would have without the investigation. So say guy comes in and you're normally you give him a four year deal. You might have to give him a five year deal. Like I'll, I'm, I'm going to come to you, but like I've got a reduction. In, like I'm going to have some issues I'm dealing with. I'm not going to have this. I'm not going to be able to do as many visits as the rest of the teams in the Pac-12. I can't have as many guys on scholarship as the rest. So I need more time. So I think what ASU might have to do is offer maybe a little bit more money, maybe an extra year. That might be where what they need to do to lure a coach to come here, which they probably wouldn't have had to do if they didn't have any of this stuff hanging over their heads. Makes sense. I believe that. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. I I believe that. That's what I'm hearing on how they would, you know, how they could get a quality coach to come here. You're going to have to give them a little bit more because that guy's going to have to deal with some BS from the old coaching regime. Yeah, you are. And you're going to have to deal with some leftover and you don't know how long you're going to have to deal with that. I mean, it's, it's still, it's still a program. It's still a program worth coaching. Right. I mean, no one's going to sit here and confuse ASU. Certainly, if, if the new guy, whoever it is, Sean Aguano, if he gets the job permanently or somebody else, if I hear the two words sleeping giant oh once God. at any point during that introductory press conference, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to I'm just going to lose it. Bill Frieder said that when he took the job, when he came here from Michigan 40 years ago. Yeah, don't. don't. It's a sleeping giant. Yeah. I'm telling you, stop. Stop. For, for whoever's coaching up the new yeah. coach, whoever he might be on that introductory press conference, please coach him to not use the phrase sleeping Two giant. Two words I don't want to hear. Sleeping giant, Urban Meyer. Those two. two I don't words. want to hear. Two words twice you don't want to hear. I mean, sleeping giant is two words. And Ur- so that's actually four words you don't want to hear. There's four <laughs> words I do not want to hear. Four words <laughs> that I don't want to hear. Sleeping giant, Urban words. Meyer. Yeah. Those four words. I don't want to hear any of them. Okay, I mean, honestly, other than one media member, who's saying Urban Meyer's name? Um, Other than one media member. Listen, Greg Moore does a good job. He does. He does a good job. He does. I like him. I actually, good person, but he's off his rocker. And Urban Meyer's not going to, there's no way that ASU should even entertain Urban Meyer. It would be an absolute disaster of a mistake. I wasn't not naming him because I don't like him. I I like Greg too. I like him every time I see him at a a game. I enjoy my conversation with him. I, I thought the Urban Meyer suggestion was, but even before Greg made it, I thought the Urban Meyer suggestion was awful. I mean, just no, no, yes. no, 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 no. You don't want him. You don't want him. You want somebody else other than him. Um, 
So yeah, I agree with you. No Sleeping Giant, no Urban Meyer. Other than that, let's let's talk and let's figure out what we. But it can't happen until the punishment happens. He, uh, we got to get yeah. the punishment done. Listen, one of the things with all the, the female athletes that, that you have at Arizona State, you cannot bring in a guy who had a head coach who had a history of uh, alleged domestic abuse. You can't have. He let that guy get away with it. And he let, left that guy on his staff, and he did nothing to deal with that. Urban Meyer is a absolute. They shouldn't even consider Urban Meyer at ASU. They should not even have a discussion about Urban Meyer. Go get yourself a go get yourself another coach. Go get yourself a good coach. And but Urban Meyer is definitely not a guy that needs to be in consideration. Texas, your thoughts on ASU on anything we've talked about today? The FanDuel text line it's open for you right now at six twenty six twenty. Apparently, we're celebrating National Blowtorch of Cardinal Day. Oh yes, <laughs> didn't realize there this was is. a national holiday. I thought uh, I thought today was National Coffee Day, but I believe it's National Today's Blowtorch national of Cardinal Coffee Day. Day. I think so. Oh, yeah. Where's my mocha? Uh, I'm sorry, didn't have time to go get you. you want that hot or ice? <laughs> oh. uh, first up, Cliff Kingsbury and what some anonymous NFL executives had to say about him on National Blowtorch of Cardinal Day next on the Burns and Gambo Show.